0: Hi, folks. I'm Alan
1: Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 22nd, 2009. I always advise newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and download as many of the previous talks I've given as you wish. I try to cover much of the history to show you that the histories of the past are very connected to the present, and that big, powerful institutions were already guiding the future, a planned, predestined future, and we're living through the greatest changes since Industrial Revolution, basically, as Mr. Rockefeller said himself. So I try to give you shortcuts to show you how it's formed, how it's all connected with institutions and governments working hand-in-glove, think tanks, etc., and how a parallel government, really, non-elected parallel government's, has been making the real agenda and getting the real work done. They said themselves in their own writings at the Club of Rome, for instance, that democracy was too cumbersome and there were too many uh, conflicting parties to get anything actually done. So this way they can steamroll ahead and bring in their utopia, you know, the shrunk population and biodiversity and all that kind of stuff, so that the offspring of the elites can have a nice big planet to themselves, ...in the not-too-distant future. Also look into Alan dot Eu for transcripts of these audio talks... ...which you can print up, and they're written in the various languages of Europe. For those who know me, don't turn off while I, I do my little shameless self-promotion... ...but it's the listeners who keep me going. I don't ask for money from shows. I don't ask for money from the advertisers, advertisers on these shows pay directly to the station, RBM, and that pays them and their equipment and their upgrades and their technicians and so on. That keeps them going. But you, the listener, keep me going by ordering what I have on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website for sale. You can also donate to me through PayPal or through personal check for Canada and the U.S. And it's very important to keep uh, me going because I have no spins to give you I have no uh, big business plans because the Patriot business is a business, as people well know. It's been on the go for many years. And during crisis times, it uh, tends to make a lot of money on people panicking. I don't try to panic you. I try to show you how the road is set out for us. And hopefully by understanding, you'll learn to have some respect for yourselves and take something back, some of your pride back, and realize that the big agencies, comprising of ordinary human beings, have no more right to di- dictate your life and how you should live it than you have to dictate to them. It's as simple as that. You can also write for those get who, discs who don't listen to the computer and internet. You can write to me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E S T A I R E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P, as in Peter, 3, E, as in Elizabeth, 4, N, 1. That's 4, N for Nora, 1. And really, the old system is gone. I've read so much about this by big players, by the foundations, that often churn out books and various screeds of memos and so on for the public to read, if if they care to do so. Showing you that uh, your governments have never been in charge, in fact they take their orders from the big foundations, from the non-governmental organizations that are employed and paid for by the foundations. That's the real parallel government that was set up back in the 1800s. And I hear the music coming, so I'll be back with more after these messages. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. I remember reading in an old history book as to the reasons why the U.S. had become so wealthy and how the wealth was basically well distributed from from the one coast to the other. And basically what it said when it compared it to Britain and other countries in Europe was that it was the lack of bureaucratic and governmental restraints which allowed business to go on unimpeded, whereas Europe was so old and had basically emerged from a war, a Second World War, against supposedly a National Socialist country, that all emerged from it totally socialist, meaning massive bureaucracies had sprung up during the war and have since just blossomed like weeds. Uh, therefore, that was the reason that Britain was kept behind. You couldn't move without government restrictions and regulations, until literally it made small business, especially through the 70s and 80s, almost impossible to carry on, because they had so much red tape and form filling to do. Half the day sometimes would be filling out forms, etc., to keep government happy. But that was part of the strategy, because even Margaret Thatcher hinted a few times that corporations would be the way of the future and the small companies would have to go. Therefore, they made it very difficult for small companies until they they gave up. Everybody I knew who had their own small business in Britain now basically works doing the same kind of thing for international corporations. But the US, as I say, was uh, at one time pretty free to, to, to do as it wished and people were left without the harassment of government intervention in their affairs, because only socialist countries uh, had that. But guess what? The US is really is going through its transformation to fit in with the rest of the world. That's what I, I said would happen as they're finishing off standardising the countries uh, across the planet with their military. And that's what it is: is simply standardising all cultures into one culture. Uh, no one would be allowed to have a separate um, culture or religion, in fact. And they're doing that and finishing it off and paying for it through tax money and using manpower for the military, they would be pulling the rug from under the feet of the U.S. citizens back home to make sure that they blend into the system, which they've mainly been primarily uh, responsible for creating. Because the U.S. was created, basically, has been creating this whole new world order for a hundred years through their taxation. But here's an interesting article here. It's from Karen DeCosta from Mises Daily, published the 22nd of May. And it says, Obama to government motors, let's roll. That's what he's saying them. It says, The last remnants of the American free market system are experiencing a quick death by strangulation. Perhaps the most disturbing casualties of government's intervention are General Motors and Chrysler, two disgraced automakers that have gone from private ownership to the public trough, virtually overnight. The U.S. government has effectively grabbed a financial stake in each company while attempting to control the reorganization process without any constitutional authority to commence such actions. The takeovers which have occurred at breakneck speed are alarming. A defining characteristic of economic fascism is the control of private property and business through a government-business partnership. Now, the first time we heard of these government-business partnerships, we call it private-government-government-private partnerships, was from Prince Charles, of all people, the guy they're always trying to find a job for. But he was the first one to come out with that because he was let in on the agenda, and Charles really just let in on things. He doesn't to make decisions and plan things. But that rolled off in Britain first, and now it's in Canada, it's in the States, it's all over, where the, the, the public basically pay for things like highway construction and maintenance. Uh, while it's privatized, we pay for the maintenance and upkeep for the, 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 the roads, etc., and many other big businesses, while... The private business just rakes in the profit. So we maintain it, they take the profit. That's the deal for public-private. But it says here, this public-private alliance, while permitting private business ownership, is an arrangement that allows government to control and plan private industry. What we're experiencing from the schemers in Washington, D.C., is a planned capitalism or soft fascism that is being rolled out at an unprecedented pace. Well, I'll tell you what else it is, because there's no difference between fascism and communism. Fascism was first used uh, for Mussolini. Mussolini, before he was the dictator of Italy, uh, actually ran. Uh, he was the head editor uh, for the socialist paper, the Italian International Socialist paper, and he was a socialist. And if you really look at socialism where it got private. Uh, businesses under the wing of government along uh, with the labor market. That's for the term fascism. But you look at communism, and communism was where the means of production was under the auspices of the government. So which is it? It's one and the same thing. Remember what the Club of Rome said, and many others say, in the parallel government and the Council on Foreign Relations is a big part of it. They say they prefer, out of all the systems, in order to control the world and all the people in it, they, they prefer collectivism, which is their nice way of saying that the Sovietization of the rest of the planet. That's what it is. Collectivism is the Soviet system, where the government owns the means of production. They don't have to own it outright. They have shares in it. That's enough. They have to say this is really Sovietization. This is one of the most or the more disturbing actions on the part of the Washington establishment has been the blatant disregard for property and contract rights. First consider the case of Chrysler, the government, while coming to the aid of a dying Chrysler, lobbed offers to its lenders, the bondholders. A group of dissident bondholders spurned the government's offer that would have given them a minuscule stake in the company, while the UAW received a majority ownership position. In response, the President denounced the bondholders, publicly proclaiming their obligation to sacrifice and referring to them as vultures because they insisted on maintaining their rights as senior creditors. Priceless bondholders, by law, are secured creditors, and they hold a senior ranking above unsecured creditors or shareholders in a bankruptcy or reorganization, yet they were vilified and bullied for refusing to agree to a shoddy deal. Some of the holdout bondholders finally did buckle under, they dropped their legal challenge and agreed to the government's lowball offer, but only because they were strong-armed by Washington's bully tactics. So there's one article showing you of the Sovietization. Now, there are the gov- now remember, governments are already in the banks now. You're looking at the complete Sovietization. You can call it socialization if you wish to. Uh, the definition is of socialization compared with communism is communism is socialization in a hurry that's what both Lenin and Stalin called it and what is socialization well you have to look at the Fabian Society one of the main think tanks with working groups that helps to implement governmental policy they're not governmental institutions they're not elected by the public but they a long time ago, said if they can get into government gradually, with a creeping socialism, where they would get in charge of all labor and all private business, and through legislation and laws and bureaucracies, they, can, they would control everything. That's the world we're coming into. It's already across the planet, but the U.S. is really catching up now in a hurry, and that's why they put Obama in now. I'm sure they were creating Obama... Uh, even at the time that they were picking Bush to go in before him. That's how far ahead they pick these boys and train them for. And Obama, all he does is, is sign the laws that his handlers give to him, as every president does. Sad to say, but it's true. Now, these links that I mention on the show will be on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website at the end of the show. So you can go in and look them up for yourself. This is from metro.co.uk. And this is the second time I've seen an article like this. It says, Men on the Path to Extinction. Wednesday, May the 20th, 2009. Men are on the road to extinction as their genes shrink and slowly fade away. Medical students heard today. A researcher in human sex chromosomes said the male Y chromosome was dying and could run out within the next 5 million years. Well, all the articles I've I've read with the sterilization of males And the very fact, you can see the physical transformation of males on their diets and their inoculations and everything else that they're taking in, their bisphenol A, etc. We're seeing the biophysical effects of it already. It's going to be a lot sooner than that. But this kind of article is meant to take the heat off what's causing it and at least get the idea into your head that all this is quite normal. It says here, Professor Jennifer Graves said men may follow the path of a type of rodent, which I guess she's a real feminist and hates men, or rats. Eh? They're following the path of a type of rodent which still manages to reproduce despite not having the vital genes that make up the Y chromosome. Isn't that nice, eh? We're just like rats, according to them. But here's one of the real reasons behind it, and I've mentioned it before. This is from the Mail Online, 22nd of May. It says, you gender-bending fear over plastic drink bottles. Now, I've talked about this for years, and they still churn them out in the same plastic bottles. Why? Because it's an agenda. That's why. And even though I've, I've given all the articles over the air on from mainstream and to, to all of the surveys and the, the, the authorized surveys on this stuff, telling you how bad it is, it still goes out there because it's the agenda, silly. It says, drink from plastic bottles can raise the body's levels of a controversial gender-bending chemical by more than two-thirds, according to tests. Experts, there's are the experts again, you see. That's special class. And I'll read about these experts, these holy ones, when I come back from these messages. Hold on. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And just before I read the rest of this article, I should mention that many articles I read have them pulled from their sites after I've read them, mainly because I'm pointing out what you should think about the article. See, most articles are written, so you're legally informed about things. But like Brzezinski said, if you're not told to worry or think about something, you won't. So when someone does, they pull the site. So... A couple of nights ago, I mentioned one from the Globe and Mail to do with the new Atlantic salmon that had been GA genetically modified. And lo and behold, they pulled it, but luckily I found it on another site, so that's up there now. The same thing happened with the CBC's documentary on a disappearing male about this very type of article I'm about to read, and that was pulled as well, but I found it on another site. So you have to do this searching all the time to to find things because one of the top science magazines pulled their article after I shot it full of holes it's quite astonishing what goes on it's like George Orwell's 1984 where he worked with the Department of Information and they kept altering memory and dropping it down the memory hole so it doesn't exist anymore that's what it's like and it's so easy with the internet so talk about the gender bender fear over plastic drinks bottles uh, and from the mail online, it says here, the plastic, uh, drinking from plastic bottles can raise the body's levels of a controversial gender-bending chemical by more than two-thirds. According to tests, experts have been concerned about the possible health effects. They knew this since the 1800s. I've, I've read the articles on it. Of bisphenol A, an everyday chemical used in many plastic food and drink containers and tins, the are lining tin cans with it now. Just to make sure you're getting it, especially beer cans as well as clear baby bottles. You get to make sure it gets into the children, you see. It's very important if you get into the baby, he won't be the man you thought he'd be, which is officially classified as toxic in some countries. A study found that participants who drank for a week from polycarbonate bottles showed a 69% increase in their urine of bisphenol A, BPA, which mimics the female sex hormone estrogen. The Citrus did not say how much liquid was drunk per day. The Citrus from Harvard School of Public Health studied 77 students who had first undergone a seven-day without phase in which they drank all cold beverages from stainless steel bottles in order to minimize the BPA exposure. They were then given two polycarbonate bottles and asked to drink all cold beverages from them during the week. Previous studies have suggested that high levels of BPA consumption are linked to birth defects, growth problems, and an increased risk of heart disease and diabetes. But actually what they've found is that it literally attacks the male fetus in the womb between the ages of 8 and 12 weeks, a vital part for the beginnings of those particular areas that start to produce testosterone. And it's permanent. It says in particular, there are are fears that heating the bottles, as parents would do when warming their baby's milk, causes the chemical to leak in potentially dangerous quantities into the liquid contained within. The senior author of the latest study, Karen B. Michaels, Associate Professor of Epidemiology at HSPH and Harvard Medical School, said, we found that drinking cold liquids from polycarbonate bottles for just one week increased urinary BPA levels by more than two-thirds. Two If you heat those bottles, as is the case with baby bottles, we'd expect levels to be considerably higher. So that was cold. Two-thirds of just cold. This would be of concern since infants may be particularly susceptible to BPA's hormone gland-disrupting potential. And that's what it does. It disrupts their hormone glands. Canada banned the use of BPA in polycarbonate baby bottles last year, and some manufacturers have voluntarily eliminated from their products Most adults carry BPA in their bodies, but expert opinion on the risks is divided. Well, of course it is, because there's such a massive lobby to make sure you continue to use it. Here's the European Food Safety Authority. This is the same one that has them eating melamine. melamine from plastics, and actually classified it as a protein food. And it's all waste, you see, from melamine plastics. Because one molecule was in a certain place when they looked at it, They actually could manage to squeeze it through, legally, under a protein. So they've probably eaten plastics there. And guess who who wrote the surveys? Uh, The Association of Melamine Producers. (laughs) For the government. Not bad, eh? The European Food Safety Authority believes that people naturally convert the chemical into less harmful substances in the body. Less harmful, eh? It says previous studies had found that BPA could leach from polycarbonate bottles into their contents, but this study, published in the U.S. Journal of Environmental Health Perspectives, is the first to show the size of the corresponding increase in urinary BPA concentrations in humans. Harvard researcher Jenny Carroll said, while well, previous studies have demonstrated that BPA is linked to adverse health effects, this study fills in a missing piece of the puzzle, whether or not polycarbonate plastic bottles are an important contributor to the amount of BPA in the body. They'll do this for another hundred years till so there's no men left, and that's part of the agenda too, of course. It all fills it puts in it with the whole population control, etc., etc. If you can't just kill them off fast, then you simply sterilise them. It's, it's quite simple in warfare strategy, isn't it? Quite simple. And. I keep warning the U.S. and Canada about this amalgamation deal that's going to be finished next year. that would be the last, the last part of the treaty for amalgamation is signed in, in 2010. They started in 2005, openly signing them one every year, and they said by 2010 they'll be complete and will just be like the European Union. This is in, on track with Lenin's. But actually, it was, it was as far back as um, Marx, who envisaged the trading blocks.
0: You're He's listening trading. to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts cutting through the matrix, just comparing Marx's vision of world trading blocks under a world government. That's what he said in the 1800s. And lo and behold, we watch it in the 20th century as they amalgamate Europe. Then we find out they've been at it for years and they were told to keep it secret from the public until it was completely up and running. That's democracy in action. And Doing the same with the Far East, with the Pacific Rim region block. But Canada and the US, by 2010, will have signed the last integration treaty. And they already have, are so deeply meshed now where all security agencies are using each other's computers that are exchanging staff. And it was even in Fortress America, the write up they had in the major newspapers here in Canada that much of the customs duties and so on is now all shared by the US and Canada, and they're using each other's computers as well, by the way, and even federal government employees could apply for similar positions in Washington, D.C., from Canada, and vice versa. So we're we're really on the roll, this very old agenda, this parallel government that's been kept so quiet up till now, and with all the authoritarianism we see today, they're making sure that it gets put through against all all opposition, regardless. They're going to be very, very tough, completely, ruthlessly tough. They will use full force, full force to make sure this all comes to be. There's an article of how corrupt they see this whole thing is, and it really there's no democracy. One of the many instances. This is from The Telegraph, and We know that the Lisbon Treaty was voted down by Ireland, and supposedly under the the whole charter, the rest of the countries can't go ahead any further unless Ireland accepts. But they're going ahead regardless. As they said right after it, they go ahead regardless and ignore you. Eighteen phantom members of the European Parliament will do no work for two years. Eighteen phantom MEPs, that's members of European Parliament, will be elected on full pay and perks next month despite not being able to start work for up to two years due to Ireland's rejection of the Lisbon Treaty. It says here uh, that the extra candidates will be chosen in the European Union elections on June the 4th despite the agreement which increases the number of MEPs from 736 to 754. It's growing like a cancer bureaucracies and and, and employees and these MEPs don't do anything they can only suggest make suggestions about bills that's all they can do it was worked out they get an average of 40 seconds per year each to say something in parliament because they're not really necessary it's a show anyway for the public making you think you still have representative because the executive branch runs everything That's the facts of it. And we have to be modelled in Canada and the US on the same principle. It says here, amid confusion over when and how they will take up the receipts, the European Parliament has decided to give MEPs only observer status from next year. Now listen to the cash here, the money. The deal will mean they can draw full salaries and allowances at an annual cost. Remember how many of them are. these these phantom ones 18 of them it's going to cost 6 million pounds without any legislative duties to carry out 6 million pounds for sitting on your behind somewhere it says the 18 million the 18 MEPs from 12 EU countries including Britain's West Midlands region will be paid more than 76,000 pounds a year that's not bad eh double that almost for dollars with staff and office allowances worth £210,000 a year. And you wonder why we're getting taxed into the grave? They will also be entitled to tax-free allowances of £255 for every day of their limbo existence in Brussels and can claim back business class travel. You bet it, you bet it will. Nigel Farage, leader of the UK Independence Party, said, Welcome to virtual politics. This has to be the political expenses scandal to end all expenses scandal. No, it's not. There's a lot bigger scandals than that going on. We just don't hear about them. And, and Britain's better at covering them up than the US and Canada. Now, I shouldn't say Canada. Canada's very good at covering them up. The public them here. But there you go. That's, there's democracy in action. We have no democracy. They're calling it post-democratic society. And it's an authoritarian society, that's, that's what it really is. That's what it really is. Now, here's an article. I'm going to rattle off the articles tonight because this is Friday, and uh, more will be coming in on Monday. But this is an interesting one. It says, what doctors don't tell you. This is from a site, WDDTY. It says here, it says here, um, let me think I can find it to the bottom. Yeah, children who have flu jab are three times more likely to need hospital care. This is the 20th of May, 2009. Children who have the standard flu jab are three times more likely to end up in hospital. The vaccine is also useless at preventing the disease. New research has discovered, well, they keep doing research and discovering the same thing. So you're going to ask what they're really giving you and why. children with asthma are especially vulnerable after being given the annual flu vaccine, TIV, a trivalent inactivated flu vaccine. Children aged from six months to 18 years are recommended to have the vaccine each year by the professionals. researchers from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester made the discovery after studying 263 children who had flu, and where or not they had been vaccinated. They discovered that children who had been vaccinated were three times more likely to need hospital care than those not vaccinated, and the risk was even higher in children who had asthma. It was also clear that the vaccine had not protected the children against flu, the researchers told the conference this week. And the source is, this source is from the 105th International Conference of the American Thoracic Society in San Diego. So what does that tell you? But it won't stop. Parents, you know, they're all terrified by the ads that come on TV. Oh, if you don't get your baby inoculated, my God. Heaven will fall. And fear works great. We're run by fear. It's a very brutal tactic, but it works very well. Fear, that's what they use for the brutes at the bottom. And we're all brutes, apparently, according to them. Quite simple. Quite simple. Now, Obama, uh, as I mentioned before he got in, is just another groomed puppet uh, with his handlers behind him, just same as Mr. Bush was. They read their scripts. They have professional scriptwriters. The scriptwriters know what has to be said because they're the guys who are really in the know. And they've never told us where these international scriptwriters are trained, but since they all go along on the same agenda at the same time in every country, it's an international organization, obviously. But he says here in this article here, this is from New York Times, Obama is said to consider a preventative detention plan. So they already have that across Europe and in Britain. President Obama told human rights advocates at the White House on Wednesday that he was mulling the need for a preventative detention system that would establish a legal basis for the United States to incarcerate terrorism suspects who are deemed a threat to national security but cannot be tried They can't be tried because there's no evidence. That's why they can't be tried. Two participants in the private session said discussion in a 90-minute meeting in the Cabinet Room that included Attorney General Eric H. Holder, Jr. and other top administration officials came out on the eve of a much-anticipated speech by Mr. Obama, which is to give Thursday on a number of thorny national security matters, including his promise to close the detention center at the naval base in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Well, we know what happened to that. Human rights advocates are growing deeply uneasy with Mr. Obama's stance on these issues, especially his recent move to block the release of photographs showing abuse of detainees and his announcements that he's willing to try terrorism suspects in a military commission. That's what it's about. I don't understand what a military commission is. It's completely different. You're, you're railroaded, literally, through it. It's, it's a foregone conclusion. You don't have any rights at all, and as, as I say, it's a foregone conclusion. This is a concept he criticized bitterly as a presidential candidate. Well, what was it that Lenin uh, told the, the countries that uh, they were trying to push communism? Said, lie to get into politics. Tell them everything they want to hear. Just lie and get in. That's the only point of it. That's what he said. So why is anyone surprised? eh? They fall for the propaganda of the presidents. They, they, They fall for the posters with the halo behind the head. All that guff that Hollywood makes up for them. And they do. They hire guys in Hollywood to do all this stuff. The guys who really know how you think and feel. Especially how you feel. Emotion. Emotive responses. He said Mr. Obama told them he was thinking about the long game, how to establish a legal system that would endure for future presidents. <laughs> Boy, these a prospect for the future, eh? Getting incarcerated forever without trial or worth anything, and, and ra- railroaded through military institutions. He raised the issue of prevention detention. <laughs> prevention detention. In, in Britain and in Commonwealth countries, they call it pre-arrest. We think you may one day cause a crime, So we're going to have to arrest you to prevent it. But we can't try you because we have no evidence. So we can just hold you indefinitely as it would be, whatever. That's what it's come down to. That's what it's come down to. It's going to get worse because why? They're on a roll and they must bring in a totally totalitarian system to make this work, to push it all through and have the public scared to stand up for themselves. It's as simple, simple as that. I've gone on about these big foundations. Now remember Adam Weishaupt, only one member of one group of Illuminati, supposedly something that countless people are making their livings on, uh, exposing the mysteries of the Illuminati. It's a great lucrative field to be in, but there's no doubt Weishaupt was one member of one branch of it. Because all Freemasonry of that time was technically Illuminati. That's when you see the light as part of your ritual as you go through your degrees. And uh, you, you're illumined. You're Illuminati. Some, some easy stuff. But um, he did mention that under the guise of philanthropy and philanthropic organizations, they would set the course for the world for socialization. The socialist system. And that's what Albert Pike was talking about, too, setting up institutions. He says we must gain money by every means possible, by thrift, etc., by using the stock market by all means possible and become masters over the masters of the world. And that that also meant plundering and and killing off any competition, literally cartels. And it's no surprise that the big think tanks are fronts for the big wealthy families that emerged from the Robert Byrne era. And they run the NGO groups, non-governmental organization groups. And these characters have the ear of government and they have the command to government. They can command things to government. That's why you have all the greening, uh, the population reduction part is all part of it because there were all eugenicists at the very top. And you'll find all these people who are made to be multi-billionaires are pulled up there. They're pulled up because if the big boys don't want you in, I don't care how hard you work, you're not going to get, get allowed. They'll, they'll destroy you. They don't want competition since they are cartels. And part of the deal, when they pull you up, is to toe the line. That's the the toe line that the Masons have within your own circle of of how far you can go on that line, you see. That's what it means, your own circle of friends and influences. But you must pay back certain money back into the organization that created you in the first place. They become philanthropists. Secret meeting of world's richest people held in New York. This is from the Irish Central. This is where it broke out on 18th of May 2009. A top secret meeting of the world's richest people to discuss the global financial crisis was held in New York on May the 5th. IrishCentral.com has learned. The mysterious media blackout meeting was called by Warren Buffett, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, Bill Gates, Co-founder of Microsoft, while the CIA made him, they opened all the doors, made sure all legal bills fell by the wayside as he plundered his way, stealing everybody else's patents and so on. There's only one one system in the world. Co-founder of Microsoft and David Rockefeller Jr., chairman of Rockefeller Financial Services and probably funder of, of half the other think tanks on the planet and financier of probably them all and universities, too, to make sure they also train academia along that right path as well. In addition to Gates, Buffett, and Rockefeller, the attendees included Oprah Winfrey. Well, do you ever wonder how she shot to the top? And what do they all have in common with George Soros, who also was there? Ted Turner, and New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg? What, what do they all have in common? They're, one, they're the biggest contributors to the United Nations family planning, it all got together after Kissinger declared that overpopulation was the major problem and major threat to the state. It meant the world state as well, being an internationalist, as Mr. Kissinger certainly was and is. That's where their money goes for these benevolent societies. It was held in the President's Room at Rockefeller University in New York at 3pm on that Tuesday afternoon. How so many giant figures in American life manage to interrupt and coordinate their schedules on such short notice and meet in total secrecy in the world's media capital remains a mystery. It's no mystery. They just give orders and everybody disappears and the cops know to keep everybody else away and keep their mouths shut. Just as does the ultimate outcome of the billionaires conference. Big, big secret, isn't it? In their letter of invitation, Gates Buffett and Rockefeller cited the world recession and the urgent need to plan for the future. They said they wanted to hear the views on a broad range of key leaders in the financial and philanthropic fields. Each attendee was given 15 minutes to deliver a presentation on how they saw the future global economic climates, the future priorities for philanthropy, and what they felt the elite group should do. According to one of the attendees, Gates was the most impressive speaker of the day, With Turner the most outspoken, well, Turner's, I can imagine which his speech would be. They've got to kill off more people and do it any way possible, because that's what he's on about all the time. But so is Rockefeller himself. This is not Warren Buffett, the most insistent on his agenda for change. We better understand what they mean by their change, because it's total Fabian socialism and eugenics, depopulation, the whole bits. Incredible this is going on and the public don't even know and no one elects these people. No one elects these people. There is no democracy. They call it themselves post democratic. Who calls it that? The Rockefeller Foundation, the Club of Rome, and all the other big think tanks that work for them. Now we'll go to the phones now and we'll get Jim from Oregon. Are you there, Jim? Oh yeah? Yes. Are you there? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Not bad. Right. Yeah, there's, there's something kind of funny I want to say, and also I want to ask you a question after. But um, the other day, I'm, I'm on the coast of Oregon here, and on the weekends especially, they chemtrail a lot. Yeah. You know?
1: I'll, so- I'll tell you, hold on, and we'll go into the chemtrails uh, when I come back from this break. Jim from Oregon, who's got something to say about chemtrails. Is there, Jim?
0: Yeah, actually, it's just sort of funny. I, I'm on speakerphone. Can you hear it? All right. Yes. All right. Well, I, I, I sit on the beach, you know, uh, on the weekends sometimes, and when I point out chemtrails to people, and once there was this this older fellow, mean-looking guy. I, I said, "You see that? They're spraying us like bugs." And he just looked at me and said. I'm one of them.
1: <laughs> I'm one of them, eh?
0: <laughs> I said you don't know my name anyway. But yes. the question I had I'm I'm going back to London next week to 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 do my the work that I do. I couldn't find nothing here and like that guy said well I'll be leaving soon, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was just thinking about the M25. Could that possibly have been planned as a containment thing? You know, the ring road around London. Yeah,
1: it's possible. These uh, plans are made years in advance for what they plan, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, that, I, I was just, I think it was in a dream or something. I, I had this dream that everyone in London was contained suddenly. And, uh, y-
1: yes, uh, and anyway. they do have containment plans as well. I have seen some of them uh, for all major cities and uh, how they're to contain, um, uh, according to the architecture and the, the road layout, uh, whole areas and section different parts of cities off, in fact, yeah.
0: Yeah, wow. It's a frightening prospect because, you know, that many millions of people inside that 250-mile ring, you know, that would yeah. be a, gosh, who knows what would happen inside there. Uh, There'd be a lot of chaos and a, a lot
1: of... Uh, Fear and anxiety, and definitely an awful lot of government and authoritarian intervention to, as they call it, keep the peace.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I I was there for about ten years, and well, I'd been back in the states for a couple of years, but I was there for about ten years. And and since I've been back here, I it's only s- since I've been back here that I I hooked up to computer radio and and started to to really understand what was going on, although I, I had suspicions. Yeah. Um, but now looking back on, on my time there, I knew very, very few people that were aware of what was going on. Yeah. Everyone is very concerned about their individual business. And exactly, and that's part, you see, of why they hit you with the economic crashes, etc.
1: at the same time as they're making major changes. You're so wrapped up in personal worries and survival Uh, you're unable to think outside the big picture and see what's really happening. You're you're quite It's a technique that's used.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I try to compare between here and there, and I would say, well, where where I am now, which which is sort of a a provincial kind of place, there are very few people aware here also. Mm -hmm. But I, but, um, I I would hope that in London there would be more people on the ball and maybe people would get together in sort of little civic groups but i just don't i can't imagine it happening somehow i don't think so i I think to be honest with you
1: the government for 25 years uh, have really been at the job of disrupting and destroying a culture in order to bring in a new culture eventually but uh, at the moment you see there's no common ties amongst people to to stand together and, and fight for anything
0: yeah, I'm afraid of that. Uh, but although when I get back, I, I'm really going to talk to all my friends. and Yes, you must and, uh, do. See if you must we can, do. I don't know, <laughs> defend ourselves. So. That's right. Well, thanks for calling, Jim. All and right. take
1: care. And that's it for tonight. Again, I had a lot more articles to read, but I'll try and get through them next week. Uh, they're very interesting. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, a God or your God's go with you.